0: Thank you.
1: Jarring Cacophony tells you that once again, you're listening to another episode of the Power of Three podcast, the podcast that's always on the move, or so it seems. Last week, Dave and I were travelling between Glasgow and Edinburgh, or Edinburgh and Glasgow. Last week? It was last week's episode. Was it, last week? it was last week's
2: episode, but it? time-wise, it was about three weeks ago. Oh, right, that one, right. Yeah, we yes, were travelling we're tra- we're between Edinburgh and Glasgow on the way back from our... Museum expedition, weren't we? That's Pretty right. Rare. But to be fair, I, I, for- Dave, I we forgot. We, I forgot about our listeners, yep. because we recorded it ages ago. Sorry, what are you saying, Ken? Where are we right now, Dave? Where are we traveling from? Kenny, we are. We are traveling home after having been to Derby for the Novel Experiences Doctor Who event at the Quad, organised by those lovely people at the Hoovers. We are indeed. It's Saturday, the
1: thirteenth of March. No, it's not. It's me. <laughs> I'm confused. Time line, wavy, twiggly, wobbly. We've been up since 4 o'clock, guys. Give us a break. Um, 13th of March was a Monday this year. It wasn't
2: matter. Yeah. Anyway,
1: it's, uh, it's now 8.26pm and we are back on the M6, just travelling north of Stoke and Trent, home of India Fisher, and where they filmed or shot Trailer the Time World Devices 14 It doesn't matter, quite fancy factory. But
2: we've had an amazing time and some novel experiences. Yes, Kerry was hosting a couple of the panels. We should probably say this was a Who convention dedicated to the original novels published by Virgin Publishing in the 90s and BBC Books in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, wide range of guests, i probably get through some of the names in a little while and as I said a second ago, Kenny was one of the hosts for a couple of the, the panels. Isn't that right Kenny? It was. I was absolutely honoured to be asked to
1: do not just one but actually two. Um, I was asked if I would do the eighth Doctorate panel initially due to my a little bit of knowledge in that from doing pieces of eighth and the likes. and then they were listing like who the guests were, what the panels were, who fancied what, and I said, "Well, I'll do the seven. I'll do the new adventures if nobody else wants to do them, and nobody else put themselves forward." Robert Dick, one of our old pals, he was uh, hosting another couple of panels, and uh, so I did two as well, and it was wonderful. I had some great guests, great chat, and. Uh, an all-round good day, but Dave, let's go through some of the guests who, you've got the list there, Yes, so why don't
2: you tell everyone who we've got, because it's easier for you, because I'm driving, and I don't have my reading glasses on, listeners, so I will do my best, paper rustling sound effect, the first panel then, at 10am, was the editors, and that was featured, um, that featured Peter Darryl Evans, Rebecca Levine, and Steve Cole, that was moderated by our pal Robert, and that was that was one of the few panels that I managed to see all the way through. That was excellent, a, a sort of nice scene setter to everything that was going on.
1: Then it was the New Adventures panel, which I was lucky enough to host,
2: and we had a great variety of guests on there. Um, Dave John to remind everyone, because <laughs> my brain's getting tired. Yes, John Peel, Nigel Robinson, Andrew Hunt, Daniel Blythe, Simon Messingham and Matt Jones. Now um, I missed part of that panel, because I was off through getting Colin Brake and Johnny Morris' autographs in the the autograph room. It's always the thing with, with these sort of conventions is that you have to you have to pick and choose a little bit. Um I know a lot of these authors I'd never met before. When am I gonna get a chance to see them again? So I was quite keen to, you know, shake them shake them by the hand, get my book signed and say, I really enjoyed this. So I missed some of the the new adventures panel but I caught the re- I caught the last half of it and then I was able to watch the entirety of the the Virgin Missing Adventures panel and that featured Martin Day, Gary Russell, Andrew Lane and Steve Lyons and that was moderated by and that was moderated by Siobhan Gallishon and that was fascinating because I felt like I was <laughs> I felt like I travelled back in time quite honestly. Because it was um Siobhan was excellent, I have to say. Uh, um, obviously prepared, obviously familiar with all the books that the each writer had done. So was able to you know ask really pertinent relevant questions and it felt like I mean these I didn't read many of the BBC books but I read most of the Virgin books and they were obviously published in the early 90s through the, through the first half of the decade and today that that panel especially it felt like I, was, I could have been sat at a panel 25 years ago listening to them, the same conversations it was really really interesting um especially you know when Steve Lyons was talking about you know what he did with the Sixth Doctor um Martin Day talking about his his sort of experience writing a menagerie which had to be brought up in the schedule because another book was delayed, all that kind of stuff. Very, very interesting. Um, and after that there was a sort of break at the autograph room. But over the sort of lunch break they showed the forthcoming, I believe it's the forthcoming, Mythmakers, um, which was concerned with forgetting publishing and had loads of archive interviews from 1993 with people like Rebecca Levine, Paul Cornell, Gareth Roberts, Kate Orman, um, David Howe, Andy Lane and Jim Mortimer who were a hilarious double act quite frankly and that was another thing it, it, it made the whole thing again this, this nostalgia experience because this was only you know I'd never seen these interview, this interview material before it was relevant but a lot of it was relevant to the panel I'd just seen in, in, the, in the New Adventures one you've been you know moderating so it was all you know, I feel like I should still be combing my hair quite frankly. <laughs> it was so long ago, but the um, myth makers was fascinating. A nice little time capsule. Um, so I, you should check that one out when it's when it's if you haven't yeah, done it. If it's, it's I'm well, sure it's available now. It is. I've got a copy there, but it's, I've not seen it yet. So I'm. I remember seeing the New Adventures one back
1: in the day, but there was, I think there's some new material around it framing it, yeah. which I've not seen. So I'm going to look forward to that. But actually, the, the interesting thing about moderating a panel that I found is that make sure that everybody gets their fair share and everybody gets their fair share of questions Yes. and so that's why you make sure that um, you know for example define how the new adventures are too broad and too deep in the novels that you wrote so get everybody to answer that sort of question how did you find writing for the Doctor and age but then of course for the writers who then got Benny coming in and then Chris and Rose as well further down the line so just you know because obviously in those points there was no actor playing and this is long before Lisa Bowerman became the definitive Benny so it's just you know, finding out these sorts of things are, uh, how the, the process worked for them fascinating particularly Matt Jones of course as he was somebody from that panel who went on to write for the TV series doing The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit oh, and he was fascinating to listen to um, and his book Bad Therapy was for me it was one of this this real standouts and it's one that i wish big finish had done a novel adaptation of onto audio because very emotional and it feels like it could be done as a tv show now dealing with grief um which manifests onto these um dogs that they as they called them and um just an amazing an amazing book very emotive and emotional and um absolutely love it to bits and he absolutely deserved to work on the tv show yeah, that was, that was an interesting experience. And then after lunch, it was the EDA panel for the Doctor Adventures, which was great, as it's one that, obviously, as some of you may know, I do pieces of eight, and we had some really
2: good guests on that yes. one. I should say Kenny moderated that one as well. Um, the guests were Mark Morris, Paul Ebbs, Paul Mars, Peter Angelides, and Mags L. Halliday. Was it that correct pronunciation? Team. Yeah. And
1: luckily, I actually know. Uh, I, I've, I've spoken with Paul Epps online but never actually sort of spoken to him in person but because I've spoken with all the others at one point or another I knew exactly the stories that I wanted to get from them sure. and the anecdotes to bring out and it was it was just so much fun particularly when we got to talking about Fitz the greatest companion who there never was on TV and of course was very nearly played by
2: Matt Smith on audio Interesting Yeah, that, that was, that was news to me I missed most of that panel because I was through getting autographs from John Peel, Andrew Hunt, Nigel Robinson, Simon Messingham, and the four mentioned, Matt Jones. Now, it was lovely for uh, for that reason because I got to talk to someone, Simon. Simon Messing was being interviewed, that, and he was sort of on stage, and he was sort of talking about how um he didn't feel that Strange England had gone too well or been received too well, and I was able to tell him I loved it. It's some really good scares. The quack. I remember being you know really. Really, this, I seem to remember, like, it's a bit near the start when someone gets pulled into the ground or, or something busts out of a tree and grabs, so long as I've read it, that's the trouble. So I was able to tell him that I loved it. I was, I told Andrew Hunt, really scared him to death, That I had really clear memories of missing the bus home from work at the airport one night when I was in the middle of reading his book. Um, I had a nice chat with Daniel Blythe about his, um, what was that, earlier on? No, I think Daniel Blythe was there at that, yeah, he was sat next to Andrew Hunt got to talk to Nigel Robinson about Birthright and the novelisation to Edge of Destruction but I also, I forgot to say as well talk talked to Simon Messing about The Indestructible Man which was that the BBC past Doctor book that he did, the rest on all the Gerry Anderson stuff, and he sort of he, he, he said he thought it was going to be too grim and I said no, it was cracking, I just, you know another one had really strong memories of but I also got to talk to, um, to John Peel, who wrote the first new adventure, yes. which was fantastic now you've interviewed him No, we did that earlier on a previous episode of Power of Three last Right, okay. I'm glad Kenny keeps a better track of this than I do. Um, But it was really nice to talk to him and just sort of say, look, I mean, this is, it's very rare that you get to talk to people who have created works of art, for want of a better way of putting it, that you've enjoyed. And it was really nice to be able to talk to all these people today and sort of say, look, I really enjoyed this book, or... In this case, I got to say to John Peel, thanks for getting the Hartnell Dalek stories novelised. meant a, it meant a lot, and he was, you know, it was he, he could have took it the spirit it was intended, um, and just you know, told <laughs> telling Colin Brake that my copy of Escape Velocity still had the rail ticket from July 2004 that I used as a bookmark when I read it. Um, you know, stuff like that. It was just really nice just to be able to sort of say, you know, thanks. So um, the next panel after that was the was the BBC past doctors panel. I missed that completely because I was through getting some more autographs. Um, one of the authors was late, which held up proceedings, but that was nice. So I got to talk to Martin Day, to Gary Russell, who knew who I was through my association with, with my colleague here, um, and I got to talk to Andy Lane and Steve Lines. I got to talk to Steve Lyons about his sixth Doctor of Missing Adventures and talking to Andy Lane about Empire of Glass and All Consuming Fire, because... His books are really my favourites back in the day, so that was that was really nice. So while I was off missing, um, well, I was you know off getting those books. There was a panel for the BBC Past Doctor books that was that featured um, Dale Smith, Colin Brake, Johnny Morris, Nick Walters, and Simon Gurrier and that was moderated by our pal Robert. And I literally I missed it completely. Yeah, I'm afraid that I was be gutted. Sure. I, because um, I
1: I was swithering because yesterday I went up to my loft. I brought down a whole load of ETAs and New Adventures and I couldn't get to my missing adventures and PDAs they're all in one huge big trunk type case and there's so much stuff on top of I just couldn't get into it it would take me about half an hour to shift to everything so I went through my New Adventures and 8th Doctor books I brought a few out and then brought a few more and a few more until it's a pile of about 30 makes like maybe 31 and um, put them in a bag and put them in the car and I left them there this morning I thought, no, I'm not going to get them signed, I'm going to be all professional. and <laughs> didn't th- it, That didn't last, let's no. Because at lunchtime I went back and got my bag, and in the end I got everything signed, <laughs> apart from uh, L- uh, um, Deceit by Peter know, Darville Evans. So that was virtually the only one that I didn't get signed. So, yes. uh, But I'm now travelling back up with a, a bag full of signs, new and it's doctor adventures, which is quite nice, because I'm not really an autography person, I'm not really a selfie person, I'm just like meeting people and chatting with them, and having that memory of knowing that I've, I've met them and I've got that chat, and that, I get a lot more gratification from that. So um, just that I'm getting somebody's
2: time. But what do you think, Dave? Well, I started picking out some books after you know you sent me the author list yesterday, um, and then I picked out a few more books, <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? I always I always remember the time I went to Neil Gaiman signing out Dylan was it Dylan's? Did it become Waterstones yet? When Union Street in Glasgow in 1996 when I took along two Sandman hardback collections, two Sandman graphics, um, Dream Country and... Oh, World's End, was it? Anyway, it doesn't matter. In the queue in Waterstones with my pal Tony Nixon, who I'm sure I've mentioned on various podcasts before. And at the very front of the queue, there was a chap with every single issue of the Sandman series. Ran to over 70 issues. And Neil Gaiman, bless him, signed every single one of them. And as this was going on, and no one else was getting anything signed, one of the Waterstones, maybe it was Dylan's, staff members came along and said, look, we're going to limit it to two things a person, because otherwise we're never going to get it through. And there was a little bit of that today. There was a few people getting quite a lot of things signed. And I sort of thought yesterday, you know, I had a couple of books picked out by Steve Lyons, a couple of books picked out, by Bandy Lane. And I thought, you know what? No. I set myself a limit of one book per author, and I got a grand total of 12 books signed, <laughs> compared to Kenny's 31. Yeah, so man. Kenny was going round the green room like a demon at the end of the day, making sure he got everything. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I had a couple of books I brought with me that I didn't get the chance to, to get signed, basically because I was watching the panels when certain authors were on, but it was fine. To be honest, I got everyone that I was really worried about, so, so that was okay. Um, it would have been nice to take a couple more, but as I say, certain... Certain authors took a little longer than others, and that's all I'll say in the matter. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I am a selfie person, as we all know. I'm quite an autography person, but it's one of these things It's like... I am not been hard about coming to this convention but when getting suggested it, but basically, it's one of these last chance for a thousand years ones, as I always say, when's the next time that something like this is going to happen? And I think if the Hoovers are going to do events like this, where they're trying to get the authors together, it's the sort of thing you should try and support as best you can. I mean, it'd be good if they did something similar with you know Big Finnish authors or authors of some of the, the modern books or what have you. Um, it's the sort of thing that, unless people support it, people won't take the risk and do them again. Um, but it was great because I went along and I got to meet Andrew Bart Thompson from Off of the Socials in real life, I got to meet Johnny Morris in real life properly for the first time. Sort saw old pal Robert, I don't think I'd seen Robert in about 20 years. Um, and um just chatting to a few other folk some of whom I'd met previously, most of whom I hadn't. Um Gary Russell knew who I was by association which was hilarious. I know who you are. <laughs> so that was quite good. Um, my reputation preceded me. But well then it was a lovely day. It really wasn't absolutely worth getting up at half past four this morning. Yeah. Everyone thought we were mad. Yes, which but the thing is I'm I'm still
1: buzzing, I'm running in the adrenaline from today and you know we're still about three and a half hours
2: from home. <laughs> oh don't say that. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> but I mean no, it should be it's gonna be less than that surely I because we've so. already been going for about an hour and a bit. Yeah. 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 Um the final panel today was entitled A Golden Age of Doctor Who Novels The Legacy and that featured Peter Daryl Evans, Rebecca Levine, John Peel, Peter Angelides, Martin Day, Steve Lyons, and that was moderated by Gary Russell. And that was that was nice, it, it was a nice wrap-up. Went over a little bit of some ground I think which had been covered in other panels but nothing repetitive. It was it was just really nice to see Peter especially nice to see Peter and Rebecca chatting about about, you know, about, about what they were doing because they originated, and you know, Peter especially originated, original Doctor Who fiction being a thing. And there was a lot of chat about how the BBC just kind of came along in the, the late 90s in the wake of the McGann movie and went, yes, we're going to take this back now. Um, and as I, you know, it's, I think from some people there's m- maybe still some lingering disappointment that it happened, but it was nice just to see everyone involved and see everyone involved on good terms. Steve Cole was talking about his experience as a BBC editor, or, you know, being the, the whole person in charge of Doctor Who. He made the point that if he went to the toilet at any point during his working tape, meant that no one was working on Doctor Who. Doctor Who was in limbo while he went to the lavatory. But it's also, again, seen John Peel talking about his passion and his determination to be the first, the author of the first book. Um, told a story about Terence Dix, sort of said, you know, well, it's fine, you can write the first one, because then everybody will think my book's better because it's not the first one. <laughs> um, but it's just so nice to see people like... Um, Peter and, and Rebecca and Steve talking about what they did because I was talking to a lot of the other fans near me in the autograph queues and such like, and we were you know all men of a similar age, you know circling the fifty mark, a little bit older in some cases, a little bit younger. And we were all saying pretty much the same thing in the nineties when there was no TV series before Big Finish came along. Um, video repeat, video releases and repeats were irregular. the The new Missy Adventures were pretty much all we had. And we, you know, we talked about how important these books were to us, and how you know we didn't even feel that we needed a series for a while in the nineties the because these books were so good, and it was nice to be reminded of that time, and nice to be, meet some of the people who were responsible for them. It's a really, really good day. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm pleased that I decided to go for it and, and to come along. Yeah, mean it it's. So this is my second convention of the
1: year. I don't know if I've mentioned that I may have been at Gallifrey once or twice. You might have done. You might, might have phoned me from it. Yeah, that's true, several times. And uh, it was just... I mean, it's a different atmosphere, but uh, Peter Angelides and Gary Russell were both both, So it's um, always nice to see the pair of them. I love the fact that Gary's always so rude to me, which is a sign that he likes you. And Peter's just an absolute gentleman anyway. Um, so it's, it's lovely to see them. And it was great for me because so many of the people i've spoken to either for this podcast or pieces of eighth and it's been by zoom so today was actually wonderful in that i got to meet people for the first time like steve cole we've spoken umpteen times over the years whether by email and by zoom and today was the first time we'd actually met same with paul mars i've i've been in touch with paul since 2001 when i did the magazine, and we chatted about stones of venice we'd both been in the queue for the tv movie on the evening of the 21st of May into the 22nd, 1996 to get the TV movie at HMV in Princess Street in Edinburgh lots of plugs for HMV to hear. let's keep yeah, it up yes, HMV, yes. love it, HMV for life and I've never worked there I just support it and buy all my stuff there and um, it's just so nice to meet him and people just have spoken to quite a lot and some who I'd never spoken to, Like some of you only sort of chatted with on Twitter, like Andrew Hunt and, uh, and he's lovely really nice guy, very very modest and very self-deprecating, yes. and re- I, he was
2: really good fun in yeah. the New Adventures band. It was it was really nice to see Andrew because his book Witchmark was like the seventh one published, and he you know, he didn't do any others. So it was it was I was glad he was there. Daniel Blythe was lovely as well. Oh Dan, he could not movie. have been nicer. He was a sweetheart. Um, you know, it's it was there was such a good mix of authors. Some of the you know there was big names like like obviously Gary Russell and Paul Mars, but then some of the other. Guys who maybe I haven't been celebrated, but you know we still we still read them, we still enjoyed them. Yeah, I mean for me it was great because the thing that fascinated me was the fact
1: that there were some people there who were obviously not born when the books were being published initially, and for me that was fascinating. And uh, we'll hear a little bit more about that later on. But to me it was that mix is great. There was like younger fans, there were older fans. Um, you know, younger writers, older—well, maybe say younger, comparatively younger—around age. Yeah. Given that these guys were in their early twenties when they were writing them, um, and it's just incredible that there's this sort of community and love for these books. I mean, for years, I thought I was the only person who loved the EDA's or the EDA's, and then of course we started doing them on pieces of eighth, and people absolutely loved them. Those lessons were getting like two hundred listens in their first forty eight hours which is you know unheard of. You might get that in a week normally, but these were getting that virtually uh, every couple of you know like every day we were dropping a podcast in December and they were getting two hundred listens within forty eight hours which is just amazing for a wee podcast
2: of you know what yeah, we I do. Mean, I think it's fair to say that in a lot of ways the the BBC original novels don't there's not as much sort of vocal celebration of them as it is of the new adventures I think generally. Um but it was I I didn't read as much of the BBC books, but it was what I did catch in some of the panels, today, it was very interesting what I did hear about the, you know, the process of it. Um, I would have liked to have heard a bit more, especially about the, what folk were saying at the 8th Doctor panel, but, you know, as I say, autograph queues, you know, just to wait, maybe waited the just waited till the, till, uh, to schmooze in the green room at the end of the <laughs> day and just, like, and grabbed everything there, but no, for me, a big part of a Doctor Who convention is just standing in a queue waiting to to meet someone and say hi I really like I mean honestly I felt like I felt like I shed years today quite frankly yeah. I really did I felt like you know <laughs> I felt at least 25 years younger at points it was lovely yeah I mean this was your first convention in what 14 15 years did you feel it was different experience from previously or did it feel similar to you no it, it felt mainly because because of the subject matter and the whole vibe and as I said most of the people I was talking to were around my age it didn't feel really different from the old ones at all. The only difference for a Doctor Who convention, there was no one involved in the TV series that would have been there in the nineties. Say, you know, obviously Matt Jones wrote the series in the two thousands. Gary Russell worked on the, on the show, obviously. There was no. If I'd gone to a convention in the nineties, you would have seen certain actors, you would have seen certain production staff. So, for a, for one, for a, for a, it was unusual. It's unusual to be at Doctor Who convention. It doesn't have any front of camera talent there whatsoever. But it just shows that the wide, broad church that Doctor Who is, that they can have an event based solely around these, you know, long defunct you know, books. Yep. The love is still there for people. Yep. Too broad and too deep, Dave. <laughs> I was going for a chimney related pun. Oh right okay. I exactly. think you must have missed that. I well, did, sorry. We're both flagging, we have been up since before 5am, did we yes, mention that's that? very true and it's now
1: coming up um, the early 9
2: p.m. Yeah but um, we're going to
1: pause for a wee second because it's time to hear from some people who we spoke to on the day. First we're going to start off with the man who helped to co-organise it and he'll introduce himself. Hello, I'm
3: Stephen Hatcher, and I organise events
1: on behalf of the
3: Hoovers, uh, the Doctor Who Group in Derby, uh, Normal Biggie's uh, Hooverville, which we do once a year, and today we've organised novel experiences, uh, the shelf life of Doctor Who, a uh, con- uh, one-day convention celebrating the Virgin New and Adventures, and the BBC Eighth Doctor, and past Doctor, and
1: novels! Right, I'll let you get oh, your stop. breath back for a second. <laughs>
0: <seconds.
1: laughs> We will be chatting shortly with uh, some other people who have been there and loved the books at the time as they came out and I think today's been really important because for us that was our era when uh, we were young adults and that makes it sound like uh, teenage fiction but we were sort of growing into our late teens early 20s and these were our era of Doctor Who and I think it's I've got to say thank you so much for giving us the chance to celebrate and meet the people who made it. Well, it's, it's a
3: bit different for me, because I'm a little bit older than you lot, uh, and by 1990, 91, when they started, I was coming up 33. <laughs> so there we are. So, it, and I'd love Doctor Who on television and all the rest of it, and I'd love the Mr. McCoy era, and I was completely oblivious to these of many novels for a number of years, and I really cottoned on to Doctor Who again with the 30th anniversary and then started buying Doctor Who magazine and then realised there were novels. But I went to myself, no I don't think I need to read those, I've still got lots of TV episodes to watch. So I didn't start reading the novels until about 97, 98 when they'd finished, the the Virgin novels had finished. So I was on catch-up and I was on paying silly prices for novels but hey, I ended up with a full set without spending Vast fortune. I mean not to sell the house. Again, yeah, just
1: yeah, just don't tell the other half how much you paid. Oh, that's what I usually find no, attractive.
3: That's, that's very important.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so how have you enjoyed today? Because it's been amazing. The atmosphere, yeah. everybody's
3: loved it. It's been a lovely day, hasn't it? It's What has been an absolute joy um, uh, is to see writers who have, in most cases, not met each other for 30 years, in some cases never at all, meeting where John Peel come over from... United States where he lives as for many years he had rearranged a holiday so he could coincide with this so that was fantastic we've had all sorts of writers from both the Virgin and the BBC books it's been fabulous now then credit well I don't take a lot of credit for this actually to be fair because this was first suggested by my fellow organizer Andrew Mark Thompson years ago and I poo-pooed the idea and uh, we didn't do it we carried on doing Hooverville we did Big Finish Day but no I poo-pooed this I didn't think there was a demand to do this <sighs> and then at the end of last year Adam Marsh our man here at Quad and Derby a wonderful arts centre and cinema that we use for these events he suggested we do it uh, and I listened to this time because I had a pace for these things. So okay, well, okay, but i still boot rooted basically. And I discussed it with a number of writers. I discussed it at, uh, at an event in celebration of Terence Dix that we organised last autumn. Uh, at uh, riverside in london we co-organized it with dwass and i discussed it with paul cornell and gary russell and peter darrell evans and nigel Robinson, and they all thought it was a great idea and gary went as far as to when people were queuing for his autograph he asked them what do you reckon would you be interested and they all said oh yes we'd be very interested i sort of suspect that not many of those people have actually come today but, <laughs> It became clear there was a demand for it, so yeah, we've had a, a, a decent turnout. Um, it, it's, we could have done with a few more people, but what with rail strikes and, and cost of living crisis and all that, then yeah. fair enough. We, we had en- enough people that we felt it was... Even even apart from the fact that we had such a wonderful fun day, it's been just about worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. Some of we won't have made any money, but there we are. Yeah.
1: But no, I've got to say thanks once again for those of us who love the books. And again, thanks for letting me a part of it and ask some questions. To some Kenny, you've people.
3: been magnificent in your interviewing along you're with Robert Jick and uh, Siobhan Galichon. It, it's so important to have the right interviewers on days like this. And I knew that you were the man we wanted for this because you're the expert. You're very kind. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah
1: and now let's hear from one of the other interviewers who's there who is a big fan of the EVAs and the New Adventures and all the other original novels. Hello I'm Robert Deck I come from here there and everywhere and I was interviewing today both on stage and for a future
2: Real Time Pictures release about the day.
1: I have to say for people like us we were there back in the day buying the books we were talking about it in the pub so how did you feel a day like today actually celebrating these books with the people who made them? It was great, and I mean, to be honest I mean, I, I read all those books at the time and they were really important to me, but I mean, I said, for example, I said to Andy Lane Oh, the Empire of Glass, probably my favourite of the missing adventures and I can take that away from you straight away by going Ah, oh, this is the move I can hardly remember anything about it whatsoever because it was a long time ago and I genuinely don't sit and read these books every week, do you know what I mean? But they were really, really important to me. I've still got them all and I brought a pile of them along today to get signed because they mean something to me. And yep. every time you have a sort of clear out in the house and you go, oh, we won't keep this, we won't keep that anymore, whatever. there's no way I would ever get rid of my new adventures. Despite the fact that I am reliably told by people they will fall apart if I try to read them after this <laughs> length of time. Yeah, I mean for people like you, Dave and I, mm. I mean, we've all been there. And we love them because for us they are, they were our 90s era. They, was, they were as relevant to us as
2: season 18, season 26, season 14. Absolutely, because we didn't have a TV series. This was this was all we had, but what we had was great. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, yeah, they were as, just as important as the TV series. I specifically remember walking into what was science
1: fiction bookshop in Edinburgh. It was before there was a Forbidden Planet, it was science fiction bookshop, and I walked in and I went, it's there! Time One Genesis, is <laughs> there. And I was at university in Edinburgh at the time, and I went back to my room at the halls of residence, and I'm quite sure I should have been working, but I lay in my bed and read Time One Genesis, and yep. just goes it's, it's, and I can remember coming to the pub, and I, mean, I can't remember if it would have been. It was a year before me, before you. I was just going to say, I would have thought it would be before you. Yeah. But I remember going to the pub, and with all the ever, We'd read, like, several of us had read Time on Exodus, and we were all like, have you read Terence's book? And we were all sitting in the pub talking about it, like it had been a film that had just been at the cinema, or it had been Doctor Who that had been broadcast. I mean, I never went to a Doctor Who group and knew Doctor Who fans whilst the show was on air the first time round. So, my shared experience was the books. I remember going to the, uh, the pub that we all met in with a copy of Battlefield, which I'd found in uh, the bookshop up the Bridges. It was James Finns. Finns yep. James Finns, yeah, it's no longer there. Oh, time moves on, yeah. And um, I, but I remember, because it wasn't supposed to be out for another month or so, it just so happened there was one copy there, and I was just like, <laughs> what I found. <laughs> and I remember, as I say, like. Particularly Terence's first book, I remember the fact that several people had read it, and so we could sit and talk about it, and, and yeah, okay, I mean, Dr. Who groups in the pub at the week, you sit and talk about Dr. Who, and you talk about other things, it's not, I don't really like to talk about Dr. Who, but we actually got stuck into going, oh, have you finished it yet? Oh, I haven't finished it yet, so don't <laughs> tell me anything Yeah. yeah. We became a book club before book clubs were a thing, really. You know, I suppose that's right. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, I'd never been, never done a book club. But I suppose, actually, I have and hadn't realised it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just the joy today has just been amazing. The fact that it's nice to see that we weren't the only ones, but also there's a, there's people in there who weren't born when these books come out, and it's it's lovely to see that our era, and when we were sort of young adult, well, you see yup yup. Yeah, young adults yeah, rather than late teens have yeah. actually been appreciated by a new generation even now and they're well, just as valid. Uh, one of my best mates, it's not somebody I've actually known for that long, but we've come uh, become really close uh, lately. I've got a friend called James who I got to know through the charity shop I work in because he comes in looking for books and <laughs> vinyl and things, but books! And we discovered he bought a new adventure, so I discovered that oh, you're the Doctor Who fan, and we got chatting, and then so we've become uh, great mates. And he's a huge new adventures fan, and he's 25 next week. Yeah. And how on earth are you a fan of these books? It's not like, oh, everything's on the iPlayer. Yep. And you can't just go, well, oh, I'm going in to get a second-hand copy of these books or these books are still in print. Yep. He, if he sees one, he tries to get it and grab it and, and buy yep. it and increase his collection. And it's just like, I think that's fantastic. He's half my age and he's excited about these books now and I went through all that as they came out Yeah. and obviously he's got to hunt them down and try and find them in places whereas I just each month went oh there's, there's the latest one yep. and I never had the problem, I never had the thing of oh where's the dying days, where's a lot of people who still did the same thing I did of just going into shops picking up couldn't see them because yep. I literally every month just went oh there's the still got the log. Robert, give the shop a plug right now please. My St Christopher's Hospice chain, of shop that I work in, it's a fantastic charity. Uh, The hospice itself is in uh, Sydenham where I live and it's a end of life care facility and I am a relief manager working at the shops wherever people are on holiday or whatever, I go and run the shop and we make money so that the hospice can keep doing the brilliant work that it does. Yep, but Robert, thank you for your time in chatting with us, and also thank you for the work in promoting hospices, which are fantastic facilities and really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Let's hear now from somebody who is a huge fan of the novels and even does a podcast about them. Right, you better introduce yourself to the listeners. People may know your voice
4: from another podcast, yeah. but better say who you are. Yeah, um, I'm Chris uh, from South London, uh, from the all-new Adventures Adopted Book Club. And
1: tell the listeners why I'm a very unique, possibly only two, one of two people in the world.
4: Um, because, Kenny, you have met my co-host. I haven't met my co-host in person, <laughs> so I've, I've, I've met his spouse and I've met you, and yep. that's that. And those are, as far as we're aware, the only people who've knowingly met us both.
1: Fantastic. Have <laughs> you enjoyed today?
4: Oh, it's, it's it's been amazing. It's it's been wonderful to see the books celebrated because I think the books can get forgotten with all the the excitement of the, of the new series and everything, um, which is something that comes naturally with time and everything. But because it did just keep. The planes alive uh, um, yeah it was just it was just wonderful just to hear some interesting tales and, uh, and and all the kind of like the hints of the new adventures planned for the regeneration and mm-hmm. like the, and becoming a temporary regeneration and yeah it was it was yeah very interesting right? yeah
1: because obviously you've been there at the time you're still there now with the uh, yes, podcast. yes and yes. Uh, going through the Doctor Universe book by book
4: yes yes in no particular order yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, but it certainly keeps, keeps it fresh. But yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, so we, we are starting a new Doctor cycle. We haven't decided yet when we're going to be doing The Eighth Doctor because uh, we like to surprise each other. Because like, on yes. our show, um, when one of us is telling the other what the next book is, that is the first time that we know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I love that surprise and the reaction of that, Oh, and... <laughs> yeah. Oh. And yes, I would say there's the, the good and the bad, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I think an event for an event like today uh, yeah. really has been like for heaven for us.
4: Oh, yes, yes, it uh, has Yeah, it's just yeah, just yeah. just such a yeah. wonderful time. Just just you know, putting putting faces putting faces to names. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it has just, just been 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 really really interesting. So like, yeah. I've been primarily sat in the theatre all day um, and uh, and see. The, uh, the real-time uh, version of *Adventures* thing was very interesting, particularly kind of people like Andy Lane's predictions um, and uh, yeah, various other people. W- where like Nigel Robinson had some very interesting things to say. Or nineteen ninety-three, Nigel Robinson had some very interesting things to say about how he thought the Doctor Who probably won't come back. And uh, and and uh, yeah, and other people sort of said that maybe it shouldn't. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. Yeah. Did, you,
1: did you learn things that were new today? I got a few new facts, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, just wee bits even there. I mean, I knew some about the regeneration stuff yeah. and they were talking about getting David Trouton to do it. Yes. But David Troughton didn't know this because um, we thought this was common knowledge, but he didn't know this and asked him this years ago yeah. in a theatre in Edinburgh. But, um, yeah, just, just wee bits here and there that you pick yeah. up and, uh, yeah, I think there's. Some interesting, just loads of interesting facts, but I think the thing that I've really enjoyed, just from the camarady, camaraderie yes. and the spirit here and just the fact that everybody here has invested in Doctor Who, not just emotionally, but financially and yeah. time-wise. Yeah. It's not just find it for free on a streaming service and then just watch it, but mm-hmm. these are books you had to take time to read yeah. and
4: still have mean, to obviously do. There's sort no of shame in discovering via a streaming service. Definitely but, uh, not. Yeah, yeah but, uh, but certainly, yeah, but certainly, I mean, yeah the books. Uh, oh yeah, I think I, I've, I've said on I've said on my show that my yes. favourite TARDIS crew uh, probably, or my favourite Doctor probably is um, Seventh Doctor in the New Adventures. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, um, and I think probably my, my favourite TARDIS crew is The Sixth Doctor in Frobisher. Um, <laughs> Frobisher didn't get mentioned today, oh, <laughs> uh,
1: sure alas. Yeah. So also I think the most important thing is the fact that um, we've had a great time and poor yes. Matt in Minnesota has missed out. Uh,
4: yes, yes. Well I, I was told nine dozen times I will come here, come train situation, come what may I will come. And yep. so, yes it has been it has been fantastic.
1: Yeah. So, yeah I have to say it's been lovely to meet yes. you and I absolutely love your podcast you. as you know yes, given the number likewise. T- Yeah and the number of times that I write in. <laughs> yes, um, I've yes. given you a couple of months off because I, I feel that I have been barred but uh, <laughs> genuinely listening to um previous episode where walking through the streets of Elliot Gallifrey. Right. It was great just when it dropped on the 16th of February yeah. and it's just one of those memories that I will always have now when I think of Ellie, I'll be thinking of the all new uh, the all new adventures yeah. of the Doctor Who yeah. Book Club so yeah, thank you so it. much thank and of course listeners love. I thoroughly and heartily encourage you to look it up and find it because if you love your books you'll love this podcast so thank, thank you so much Christian Southlander and finally let's hear from someone who Got into the new adventures long after they were published.
5: My name is Meg. I'm a Doctor Who fan. I live in Cardiff. It's not because of Doctor Who, but loads of people ask me if it is. It's one of the reasons. It.
1: <laughs> it's a very happy coincidence. It is. <laughs> so I suppose, um, well, obviously the reason we met was at the convention and Saturday at Novel Experiences. And I have to say I was slightly surprised the fact that you were a younger person. I was expecting to see an awful lot of middle-aged men there, which there were, but uh, there was you. And uh, so how did you come to discover Doctor Who and then in turn the books?
5: Uh, I'm not that young anymore, but I was very young when they were coming out. <laughs> Too young to read them at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, i like uh, liked Doctor Who for a long time, then uh, I got into big Finnish audios, which and brilliant, and uh, then it escalated from there. It's also after that I realised there you were know, loads of books about the characters that I uh, really liked. I gave them a go, and then, yeah, they suck they you in. Once you start reading them, you can't stop.
1: That's absolutely, it's like Pokemon. <laughs>
5: I've never played it, but uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed that.
1: Yeah, you've got to catch them. All. Or it's like Pringles. We'll go for Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop.
5: Yeah, that, that's why I usually get smaller.
1: <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. I can understand why. Yeah. So what? Uh, what do you remember what your first original Doctor Who novel was?
5: It was the Year of Intelligent Tigers. Because, uh, there were so many of them. I didn't know where to start. I didn't expect to read all of them. I thought I would just read two or three. So I asked people I knew if they had any recommendations. Everyone said the Year of Intelligent Tigers. That's what I went with. I will need to reread it now that I have more context, but uh, it was such a brilliant book that I just wanted to read them all.
1: And I can't blame you. And so I take it you've gone on, read all the EDAs. Have you gone back to the Virgin books as well? Or the new adventures? No,
5: Not yet, I haven't quite made my way through the EDAs yet. I have maybe 15 or 20 left and uh, after that uh, I'd like to see where it all started.
1: Absolutely and of course there's still the Dying Days which technically you should, maybe you should do that if you're doing the EDAs, you should do Dying Days and then do the new adventures. Yeah that makes sense. It does, keeps all the Eighth Doctors together and then yeah. So if you're doing a wibbly wobbly old timey me, wind me out of order, then absolutely got to do that. What is it about them that appeals to you so much?
5: I think looking back now, when a lot of the society is just a bit more liberal, many more things are acceptable, and you realise that what they were doing 20 years ago, it was revolutionary at the time. We have two bisexual companions, we have a maze companion, and it's just, even now you you don't often see characters in fiction that reflect those kinds of experiences. And uh, I was impressed that they went with it and that it wasn't even subjects, it was right there on the page. And they created some wonderful, relatable characters that you grow attached to very quickly.
1: Yeah, do you have a favourite of the companions?
5: Well, I named my cats after Enzo Kapoor, but my favourite is actually Fitz.
1: Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like Fitz? I mean, I think uh, from the con- from the convention on Saturday, it was pretty obvious that everybody loves Fitz. And did you know that he was very nearly played by Matt Smith for the big finish one?
5: Oh, I found out at the convention, and. Uh, Maybe they just wanted a math. Yes, Angelo to play It would have been an interesting choice. Yeah. Like he's a great actor. I really like his doctor, but uh, yes, I don't think that many of us quite see fit.
1: That yeah, way. it was either that or Matt LeBlanc. So I think they got the right choice to get that sort of. Uh... <laughs> of East End sort of London accent. I'm not too sure Matt yeah. Blanc can do that. But I mean, I think that um, something that I really felt on Sati was just, there's so much love for the books in there and it's it's not what you'd expect. You'd expect it to be, I don't know, just a bit smaller, but the fact that it was just, everybody there was just in such a great mood. It was just joyous.
5: Yeah, it was incredible. And when you go there, you know that there are going to be people who are obsessed with the same thing you are that somehow discovered that really, really niche thing that not many people even know about. The EDAs, I think there were 4,000 EDAs, which were beach printed at the time. So not many people even had access to them.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's why there's quite a, a, a high demand for them, particularly the, the ones in later on. So I'm quite glad I've got all of mine sitting securely in my loft.
0: I don't have them on my bookshelves here.
1: I had a whole pile of them here um, the other day, but uh, they're now safely returned to them with loads of autographs. Did you get a few things signed on Saturday?
5: I think I got maybe eight or nine signed. Yeah. I, I brought some books there, and then I bought quite a few at the convention. Yeah, and uh, it, was, uh, it was lovely to get to talk to those people who created that world that we all love so much.
1: Yeah, and the thing that I like is the fact that everybody was so friendly and the fact that, you know, we get talking and uh, it's been, it's been really nice. So here you are on the podcast
5: now. Uh, uh, yes, and uh, when you are at that kind of event, just because you already know that you have shared interests with people, it's much easier yep. to make connections. Yeah, and, um,
1: but yeah, it's great when you find out there's um people with lots of shared interests around, isn't it? Definitely definitely oh meg thanks so much for coming on it's been a real joy
5: thank you for having me
1: so there we go dave it's quite a, a broad mix of people who were there today a good mix of experience um of people who've been there at the time yeah and come to them later and all in all it's just been i have say i have a
2: fantastic day and i'm absolutely buzzing for want of a phrase yep yeah, i had a good one too um Decided very late in the day if I was going to come or not, um, bought a ticket on Tuesday. Very, very glad that I did. Amazing, just so nice to be able to meet certain people in real life and catch up with a couple of other folk, and yeah, it was it was awesome. It really was. Let's have a wee word about the venue, the Derby Quad, because I've been there three
1: times for Big Finish Day, and for those who don't know, it's effectively like uh, an art centre, so you've got like a big theatre, uh cinema screen and there's like smaller rooms which can be used for the signings the green room the dealer's room that sort of thing and it's an amazing venue and best of all is the cinema theater type bit is the sir john hurt it's named after him it's the john hurt theater
2: which is wonderful and how did you find it as a venue dave yeah it was nice and um, very clean for <laughs> what you know very it's very nice the organization was immaculate you know the panels ran on time. Every all the guests turned up on time. Very clean, very friendly staff. My ticket wouldn't download on my phone, but we were able to sort that when I went to the box office and gave them my my postcode and my card details. So that was all good. You know, it was it was great. It was you know f- fully fitted the functions It was um you know
1: it was sort of needed for really. Yeah, I think that's always a big thing because I think we've all been at conventions. Where the venue has been too big, or sometimes too small. But for me, that was absolutely right. It was the right size, good number of people there. It was busy without being over busy, and a really good. A really, the fact that, and like I was saying earlier to Robert, the fact that these were people who invested in buying the new adventures. But when they when I say invested, I mean money. I mean the time to go out and buy the book and then the time to read the book. And more often than not, the time taken later to
2: discuss it. Yeah. And effectively, as I said before, again, yeah, like I mean, book club. Yeah. I mean I was um I was in a vacuum as far as being a a do fan really a lot of the time before I got involved with organized fandom oh, which didn't really get happened to me until about nineteen ninety six. a couple of other friends sorry, one of other friends who I will try that again. One of our friends who'd read a couple of the books but didn't didn't keep up with, with, you know, with me, so a lot of the time I wasn't enjoying them in isolation. Um, so that was another good thing about today, was to talk to other people who'd enjoyed them back in the day, and, the, you know, it had been theirs. I mean, it was... It was those of us who, who weren't around in the 90s or whatever, it's very difficult to maybe appreciate just how... You know, Doctor has been back now on television since 2005, and has been very successful and all that. There's a real period in the 90s... Even before the McGann movie, when we genuinely we got used to the idea that it would never come back, so that made us more invested in the books, more interested in what they were doing, and you know, and they they were a bigger deal. Spin-off fiction doesn't seem to get the same level of attention, and um, certainly not volume of content like it used to do since the TV series came back. It'd be you know that's a shame. It'd be. Imagine it would be very difficult to maintain it the way they used to. I mean, you used to get, you know, 20-odd 20, 20 books a year for a number of years. Um, I don't know if I know anyone that's ever read all of them. Um, have you read all of them? Every uh-huh. single one? Every
1: single one. Like oh, me. no. Uh, uh, there's one exception. I haven't read The Ghosts of
2: In Space Novelization, oh, right. which was published as uh, uh, I'm, I'm so I probably should go and make that. Um, you probably should, given what you're about to talk about in another episode. I yeah, know But no, me. it was... Um, yeah, it's one of these things, it was like, people talk about the wilderness years, and if you weren't there, you, you probably don't understand what it was like, but even once the McGann film happened and we realised we weren't going to get a series, we still had the books to kind of keep us going, and I, for one, would definitely see a lot more original Doctor Who Fiction being published, because when it's good, it is very good. Yeah, absolutely I agreed, mean, it was, as I said, this was our
1: ongoing series. There were no Big finished adventures in these days, this was it, when there was a new Doctor Who novel featuring the 7th Doctor and then the 8th Doctor published. That was your new Doctor Who series and it's probably quite hard for some people nowadays to get that. I mean I know that quite a lot of fans at the time didn't read them and then later went back and discovered them as Steve Hatcher mentioned earlier. So it's quite, you know, it's gratifying for me to think that I was buying these. I remember you know, buying Timeworm Genesis in Forbidden Planet in Glasgow two days before my 17th birthday and I carried on reading the New Adventures and I sort of, I grew up with them. There was me in, I was in my penultimate year at school as the first year of the New Adventures came along. I went to uni, the New Adventures continued, then in June 1994 I got my first job and one of the first things I did when I moved away to Inverurie in Aberdeenshire was went to the Inverurie bookstore and got them to order me in the New and Missing Adventures every month and because it was right next door to the office the guy who owned it would uh, just uh, knock on the door or, or window and wave at me and say, that's your books <laughs> in. Right. So I'd go and pick them up at lunchtime Excellent. and that was me, had my doctor who fixed because it's with me, it was with me through, um, it went on to the EDAs and um, I mean something that I've, I don't think I've ever mentioned in a podcast before was that the night that my dad died on September the 7th, 2002, I was actually reading Justin Richards' book Time Zero. I was holding my dad's hand and in the other hand I was holding this book and reading it Um, and just sat there for a few hours and
2: he knew I was there and so that's these books I am so emotionally invested in yeah it's funny because I was I was remembering when I was reading a lot of them because I I was saying to Simon Messing that my memory of reading The Indestructible Man was when I moved from HMV Eastfield Bright to HMV Clyde Bank I can remember reading um, books like Xamper soldiers when I was working in Abbey National on Victoria Road. I remember buying Time One Genesis the day that I bought the 1991 Doctor Who magazine summer special angle before I went into work at NCP at Glasgow Airport which is what I mentioned earlier on. when I was reading Andrew, Andrew Hunt's book. Um, it's um much like the TV series itself like you know the books were kind of you know they're lodged into our memories. We can remember where we were when we were reading certain books. I, mean, I remember buying the discontinuity guide *Human Nature* and *The Menagerie* all in one day because yeah. I was getting the train down to Kilmarnock to go and see a friend's band playing. Um, and I was—I ended up crashing at my, was it Barry's? My my best mate's girlfriend's house. I, asked, I ended up all staying over there. Um, and it's weird. This is just like, like so you see, remember where you were at certain points from certain TV stories. Broadcast. I can remember when I was, at, you know, at seven books. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely, there are emotional beats and triggers. And you remember buying
1: them because I remember I'd sort of got behind. I think it was because when I'd moved to the Scoobright News, I was quite busy, sort of like finding my feet, and I was able to go out and socialise virtually every night of the week with my friends. So my reading sort of got slightly behind, and then I took a week. I took a week off in October. 1995, and I'd got about six or seven months' worth of New Adventures to read, and went in my mum and dad's caravan, I went with the family dog, and we just went down to the south of Scotland, to Port William, the caravan park, and uh, I would walk and read, and just had a wonderful time, pre-mobile phones, peace and quiet, and I was down there for a whole week, and all I did was read New Adventures, I remember reading the likes of Zamper, Toy Soldiers, Head Games, all these wonderful books. And it's that's I mean that, that's why I place them, associate them with Port yeah. William and being away, and it's, it's these memories like I mean to me that's as vivid as missing episode three of Battlefield to watch Aberdeen beat Celtic one 0 in the Cup <laughs> semi-final when Ian Cameron scored
2: the wonderful left foot goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean um, I can remember reading I was reading Millennial Rights the day I was sent to cover Abbey National um, in Motherglan. I can remember reading Evolution, one of the early Misadventures adventures, Freudian slip there, doctor. <laughs> the earliest missing adventures when we went on a holiday to Cyprus till end of nineteen ninety four. Um, yeah, there are also a lot. I remember when I, you know, early when would it have been? I remember when I was working, when I was working in Stateside Comics in virgin and reading Left-handed Hummingbird and Blood Heat. I remember s- missing a bus and sitting reading some of Blood Heat. Well, it was you know waiting for my dad to come and get me, 'cause I missed the bus. I mean, and I'm sure he resented every, every mile he drove. Um, I can remember getting changed after being swimming in Paisley, but well, actually delaying getting changed because I was reading Lucifer Rising <laughs> and it was a really good bit, and I remember just sat there with my towel, reading something. I'm going to read *Los of Rising*. I'm not going to get dried and get dressed. And go. I'm going to read some of this. Is yeah. is weird how they're all lodged in? And it was joyous today, not to tell people that I sat reading this wrapped in a towel, but just to sort of, to meet some of the authors responsible and just just let them know that we appreciated their efforts. It was glorious. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's been a wonderful day. Dave, I thank you for your company. Oh, it's wonderful. A pleasure, treasure. Just to. Just to be
1: able to reminisce like this is—that's one of the wonderful things about being on the move, and we're able to record the podcast as we yeah. do it. Um, but I want to thank you for your company, and also just your memories are just fantastic. I love hearing where people were doing. I can think, what was I doing at that time? Yeah, and just be able to compare and contrast and think, yeah, this was our area. This was, yeah, we were young adults becoming young men. Yeah, eighteen, we we're maturing. So I was seventeen as I said carried on reading them right to the very end yep and um, all the way from Tinkworm Genesis to the Gallifrey Chronicles at the end of the EDAs I've got I've bought them all I've got them all
2: and I love them all some more than others but I love them and they're a huge part of me and they will never ever leave me and that I think is a perfect point to leave proceedings now I'm going to ask Kenny very quickly before we go what are we going to play out with today well Dave thanks for
1: asking me that Um, something that I was thinking about today was We've been talking all about words. And afterwards, of course, we got to meet my friend, Big Finish producer Heather Challenge uh, in the quad. She popped over to say hello. And hello, Heather, if you're listening. Uh, lovely to see you. And um, you mentioned Shakespeare. I thought, well, mm, I really wish that once upon a time I actually submitted a new adventure proposal. But right. again, not back. It was called Mind Gap. And um, I got it sent back by um, Simon Winston later worked on BBC series as a script editor and I was gutted and I just wish that this book had been commissioned and I was just thinking, maybe this would have worked if I was a better writer and if only I had Shakespeare's way
2: with words, (laughs) just like those failures from pop stars, the rivals it's one true voice I thought he was going to go with words by F.R. David or something near listeners but not to worry, thank you for listening we'll see you again very soon, take care Absolutely. We'll be back next week and we'll be chatting about the
1: paradise of death and the ghosts of end space. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed as much as we have. Bye bye.